Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the IB. Today, we have a very exciting podcast program for you all. Today, our February theme is based on the idea of self-love in regards to Valentine's Day. Today, our program features Valeria Garcia, who will be talking about politics, specifically Trump's State of the Union address. Fernando Sosa, who will be talking about the reality of Valentine's Day. Sunidi Jane will be filling in for Maya Gutierrez on her segment about 10 tips for self-love. We will be interviewing no one today, but we will be discussing our theme further. We will also be featuring a debate about Nicholas Sandman between Alejandro Escobedo and Aaron Tawil. Without further ado, let's get started with Valeria Garcia. Thank you, Alexis. Once again, it's Vala's voice. And today, I will be talking about someone I think we are all quite familiar with, Trump. More specifically, Trump's State of the Union Address. The formal basis for the State of the Union Address is from the U.S. Constitution. The President shall, from time to time, give to the Congress information of the State of the Union and recommend to their consideration such measures as he shall judge necessary. Trump delivered his own State of the Union Address on February 5, 2019, a little more than two weeks ago. He once again presented the idea of passing a $5.7 billion bill to fund a border wall of which will apparently solve for all of our safety, security, and economic issues. I don't know about you guys, but I think this is complete fooey. In fact, when looking over his speech, I found that Trump contradicts himself with many of his views and beliefs of this so-called life-threatening issue of immigration. For example, he states that we must reject the politics of revenge, resistance, and retribution, and embrace the boundless potential of cooperation, compromise, and the common good. While this may be true, he goes on to ask us to defend our very dangerous southern border out of love and devotion to our fellow citizens and to our country. Moreover, pleading to pass a bill that will fund our government, protect our homeland, and secure our southern border. border excuse me. According to Trump, the lawless state of our southern, southern border is a threat to the safety, security, and financial well-being of all Americans. I personally do not quite see how we as United States citizens are supposed to embrace the boundless potential of cooperation if we cannot even cooperate with our neighboring countries. Isolating ourselves from Mexico by creating this wall feels like a childish act of cowardice, merely showing Trump's lackadaisical attitude toward building a better relationship with our neighbors. Nonetheless, this is my own personal opinion, and while I may strongly believe that the wall is a waste of money, others find it extremely beneficial to our country, and they are right to believe so. According to CNBC, as of now, President Donald Trump plans to sign a spending bill to keep the government running, but declares a national emergency to try to build his proposed border wall. The executive action aiming to fund the, the barrier comes as Congress has yet again denied Trump the funding that he has demanded for the barrier. While lawmakers would avoid another shutdown, the emergency declaration would set up yet another legal fight over the wall. This is still a controversial topic, and we will speak about it more probably next time I see you. So thank you again for tuning in to Vala's Voice, and I'll see you next time with another update on Trump's plans for this idealized wall. Now to Sunidi Jain. On the topic of February and self-love, today I will be giving you 10 tips for self-love, brought to you by Lifehack. The first tip is to start each day by telling yourself something really positive. How well you handle the situation, how lovely you look today, anything that will make you smile. Secondly, 
Fill your body with food and drink that nourishes it and makes it thrive. Change your diet and live healthily. Add a few more vegetables and make a rainbow. And thirdly, move that gorgeous body of yours every single day and learn to love the skin you're in. You can't hate your way into loving yourself. Joke's on you. Fourthly, don't believe everything you think. There is an inner critic inside of us trying to keep us small and safe. The downside is this also stops us from living a full life. In the fifth place, surround yourself with people who love and encourage you. Let them remind you just how amazing you are. Sixthly, stop the comparisons. There is no one on this planet like you, so you can't fairly compare yourself to someone else. The only person you should really compare yourself is, is to you. Seventh, end all toxic relationships. Seriously, anyone who makes you feel anything less than amazing does not deserve to be part of your life. Number eight is to celebrate your wins, no matter how big or small. Pat yourself on the back and be proud of what you have achieved. Number nine is step outside your comfort zone and try something new. It's incredible the feeling you get when we realize we have achieved something we didn't know or think we could do before. Number 10 is to embrace and love the things that make you different. This is what makes you special. Now we will be moving on to Fernanda who will be talking about her special segment. Thank you, Alexis. So today I'll be talking about the falseness of Valentine's Day and how corporate uh, businesses get to take advantage of this. So holidays are a happy time for a lot of people, especially corporations and any business that delivers to the consumerism of a broad population. These businesses, like any good business, use special days like these to increase their overall profit. This month's special holiday was St. Valentine's, a holiday dedicated to love and friendship in the world where adorable and downright cheesy and made-up acts are done between loved ones. Oftentimes, these amazing acts of love involve flowers, chocolates, teddy bears, gift baskets, heart-shaped balloons, uh, and the list goes on and on. Many people see this day as a chance for their loved ones to prove that they cherish them, obviously through fairly flashy acts, sometimes small and thoughtful, but mostly superficial. Corporations know that with so much writing on this one special day, people are willing to do anything to stay on their loved one's good side, especially if they had wronged them at some point in their relationship. Valentine's Day has been sculpted by corporations as this one special day dedicated to grand acts of love and proclamations of love. Naturally, these expectations have become ingrained into countless generations of people in love uh, through marketing techniques. Uh, that they have to physically show their love by gifting them spe uh, special something, their special someone through superficial means. This is what I personally call the pathos strategy, where corporations use the general public's emotions and expe expectations as a marketing advantage. For example, buy this amazing diamond ring for your special lady for the Valentine's Day. Give her something that is worth as much as her and that she definitely deserves. Also, they reinforce the credibility of their product by showing happy couples, satisfied wives or husbands with whatever product they are selling. By using these tactics, businesses get their money while screwing over people without them knowing. Although this may be upsetting for some, this is nothing but an ingenious way to get money. 
Now, this is not the end of these tactics by businesses. This is used for every single holiday. Of course, with different contexts. This is all for today, y'all, and see y'all next time. Thank you. Thank you, Fernanda. Since we are not interviewing anyone today, I will take the time to elaborate on our theme of self-love. Self-love is a very important issue that needs to be spread through society, especially to young adults such as ourselves. It is essential for us to value our abilities and to have confidence in ourselves in order to be happy and make the most out of every day that we live. Valentine's Day is often thought of the day in which we expect to receive love from others, but for many people that are single or feel lonely in any shape or form, it is important to note that you don't need anybody else's love to feel wanted. The only love that you need is the love that you give yourself. Take a moment this month to appreciate every single part of yourself, even your flaws. Treat yourself and overall value your own happiness. Self-love is not meant to be viewed as narcissistic, but should be interpreted to mean that you appreciate your existence, your purpose, and to know that you matter despite the adversity and trials that you may face during your life. Now it is time for our highly anticipated debate. With us today are Alejandro Escobedo and Aaron Tawil. But first we will have Eduardo Rivas introducing our conservative and liberal topics. Uh, thank you, Alexis. So our, today's topic will be on the case of Nicholas Sandman and um, the and um, the issue that posed uh, a few weeks ago at the pro-life um, rally. So according to the liberal point of view, the liberals um, described the Nicholas Sandman case as one of the main representations of how Trump supporters are seen as racist bigots and um, how they are going against Native Americans. And as you see in the video, he's seen smiling uh, to a Native American, um, basically as some sort of a racial slur. But in the conservative point of view, um, this is we see this as basically one of the many um, representations that the media in pursuing on having Trump supporters shown as um, racist. But when in reality, if you look at um, the video, um, Nicholas Sandman was considered to be uh, just a participant of standing and doing his best not to um, escalate any problems. All right, now we will move on to the debate. So who would like to begin first? All right, so on the topic of Nicholas Sandman and the group of schoolboys from Covington Catholic School, I think it's important. It's an important lesson in how uh, not just the mainstream media, but really uh, America as a whole has gravitated toward the trend of assuming conclusions about recent events uh, in our politics and social lives and in some ways this may be a product of just the ease that social media platforms give uh, participants and influencers to voice their opinions and so I think this is an important lesson for Americans to really wait and take nuanced approaches to uh, rising issues and controversies. Yeah, I think I think I guess the other perspective to that is why why are the kids, well, why do those high school kids have to, kind of get in the personal space of those Native Americans? I think that's the whole point that that the the liberal perspective of this is trying to say, like, you know, 
it, it almost seemed in, in a lot of the videos that they were looking for a conflict and you know maybe the media is twisting things and, and that, that could be true for, for a lot of different things but you know it, I, it, it's really hard to believe that high school kids in general wouldn't be looking for trouble in these types of situations just because I mean they're high school kids you know what I mean like we're not the most mature people in the world and it would be, I don't know, just it, it, just looking at it from a logical perspective, it doesn't seem like a Native American at a Lincoln Memorial or, or at any memorial would, would just try and cause trouble for, for to, with some high school kids. You know, I don't know. That's just... But there, there are other topics that have to do with cultural appropriation. And another one is the, the Virginia governor uh, incident that happened, the... Excuse me, the the Norton is is that is that the the governor's name the the Ralph Norton uh, incident. So let's talk about that one. Oh, for sure. So for those of you not familiar, uh, a few weeks ago it was revealed that uh, Governor Ralph Lauren had taken a picture while in medical school, uh, dressed in in blackface with a fellow classmate who was dressed in KKK robes, and so he's been getting a lot of back backlash for that photo and there have been a lot of calls um, on both sides of the aisle for his resignation. And so I think in this case, uh, one of, at least from the conservative perspective, uh, we like to consider whether or not he continues to espouse those same uh, ideas of racism. So I think on both sides of the aisle, uh, Republicans and Democrats can agree that uh, donning on blackface is wrong and is bigoted. Right. And so in the case of Ralph Norton, I think the real issue is determining whether he continues to espouse those same ideas of racism uh, and whether those ideas, if he so espouses them, affect his policy and the way he treats his staff members. Yeah, I think I, I agree with a lot of that. The only problem that I have as a, as a liberal in that perspective is the fact that a person with this much power is... Who, who is a, a symbol and, a, and kind of a representative for the entire public uh, is, is being seen getting away with something like this. And, you know, it, 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 if someone were to do that today, they, they'd get in a lot of trouble. Uh, and we're, we're seeing that someone, as, as a governor of, a, of Virginia, who is even associated with something like this getting away with something like that and not really having any repercussions happen that 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 would that would make a lot of people really upset and and i don't know i feel like it's it's kind of hard to to take something like this lightly because of how sensitive of a topic it is for a lot of different people because we're talking about about the KKK who for many many years did so much harm to many groups of people and for them it's not a joke and I'm sure now as a, as a mature adult uh, the the governor uh, the governor has has apologized for his actions but it, it just would really anger a lot of people if someone with this much power had no repercussions for something this drastic of an issue right and I don't think that Republicans or Democrats really taking what he uh, what he did lightly. I think we're just considering whether what he did, which he has owned up to, saying that it is a mistake. Now I will criticize um, Governor Nordheim on you know rescinding his 
apology. I believe like soon after the photo came out, he apologized and acknowledged that he was in the photo. And then shortly thereafter, he rescinded that claim. And so I don't believe that was uh, right on his part. But uh, going back to our initial discussion, uh, I think it's important to consider whether the, the, the same motivations that led him to take the picture continue to motivate him now, uh, and base our base in the court of public opinion whether or not uh, he should resign. Okay. Um, well, should we should we talk more about in general cultural appropriation or or should we? Well, I mean. I guess let's let's we'll, we'll dive into more of a of an in general approach to this to this issue because it's not just specific issues like the Norton incident it it's it's cultural appropriation in general that that's kind of been a, a big issue lately in the U.S. So I don't know. Let's kind of get into that. Okay. So to start off broadly, uh, so I think it's important first to establish our definitions of cultural appropriation. I think so. Uh, Popularly, cultural appropriation is considered to be uh, the, if you will, social theft uh, by one culture of a minority culture's values, customs. Uh, That's where. a great definition. And so we have to consider each case of cultural appropriation as we deem it uh, according to that criterion. And so cultural appropriation, I believe, is something that you know, has has existed since the beginning of time. And it's really the, and there's a difference between, I think, when we consider cultural appropriation, a difference between, you know, taking or adopting another culture's uh, ideals or where and whatnot uh, as a means of mocking them or as a means of insulting them or as a means of appreciation. And so I think a lot of times uh, incidents that are, deemed cases of cultural appropriation are actually celebrations of the cultures that they're adopting. So I believe a few months ago there was a case where a high school girl wore a Chinese themed uh, dress to her prom and so she got a lot of backlash for that. Uh, but surprisingly there were a lot of supporters and defenders on her side and I, I suppose even more surprisingly many of those supporters were from China. And so the Chinese people themselves were actually supporting her and her initiative to celebrate their culture. Yeah, I think that there's going to be a lot of silly cases out there that are really, really specific in terms of a cultural appropriation. And uh, to be honest, I, I, I can't really say that I am in favor of the democratic approach to those because some of it is just li like you said a girl wearing a prom dress should we really be getting mad at a girl for wearing a chinese prom dress i think that's not the main issue that the democratic side to this is trying to enforce it's really when it gets to the more personal situations of cultural appropriation where people are are doing it in that negative way that you said where 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 there's a difference between appreciating and uh, cultural appropriation that's has an intent to hurt 
And I think that's in those cases where someone is dressing up like the KKK or, or blackface and stuff like that. That's the real issue that the that the liberal opinion here is trying to push because that is a real problem that's happening in this country and a lot of people just aren't sensitive enough to it and they really just need to take a step back and see that there are issues out there uh, that that cause people harm uh, and you know it, it has to come to an end. Right well I think let's re reconsider that position. I'm not sure that these days people are on both sides of the aisle are insensitive to that idea. I think most conservatives would agree that donning on blackface now or dressing up as a KKK member is wrong and immoral. And so, and so the argument, I think, shouldn't be whether in the present day that was right or wrong, but whether he con continues to support those ideas All right. Yeah, I guess I guess when you're looking at these types of issues, you really have to take it into a one on you have to look at each individual issue to really see whether or not someone is doing it to be mean or, or if they're doing it to appreciate. And I think that's where we need to draw the line when it comes to cultural appropriation. You really need to look at each individual instance of this happening and see what were the intentions behind the person or people right. that are doing it. And that that's where. We yeah, can so actually draw some great conclusions that will solve uh, real issues. So let's tackle, tackle the Nordham uh, issue directly, right? So his actions in, in the 1970s were wrong, and I think most people, court of public opinion, would agree. Uh, and so I, I don't know if the argument really is that people are insensitive to what he did back then, uh, and so I'm not really sure that cultural appropriation is the issue surrounding the Norton case. Uh, as far as donning blackface goes and wearing KKK robes, I'm sure 99% of the country agrees that that's wrong. Uh, the issue really is with his resignation and with a larger issue now uh, in the media of whether past mistakes should be justification for current ramifications. Yeah, I, I, I completely agree with that. The only thing that concerns me is the fact that this man represents such a large population of people, and if this picture is associated with him and people start to think that this is okay, then what's the message that we're sending to the public? Um, like, how exactly are people going to gonna view America or Virginia or him or or anyone for that matter, because if we're, if we're gonna allow this to be okay, even if it happened many years ago, I'm scared that it's gonna lead to people thinking that it's okay to do these things. And if we don't make it very clear that that, that is a very wrong thing to do, um, then, it's not going to be sending a very good message to the American public. Right, so I think there might be a miscommunication. I don't think the conservative point of view is attempting to say that what he did was okay. I think what the conservative point of view is trying to say is what he did was wrong and it happened in the past. Should he be reprimanded for that now? Now, 
in order to answer that question, I think it's important uh, for us to look at his record since then and see if there's a continuity of that sort of behavior. And if there is, then I think there is, there is sound justification to ask for resignation. But if we're basing resignation and calls for resignation solely on past mistakes of individuals, uh, I, I think it's worrisome. Uh, so, I mean, even the State Department recognizes that past mistakes can't be served as justification for uh, consequences in the present. So I believe uh, once you turn 18, all charges filed against you while you were a minor are uh, wiped from your record, right? And so even the justice, within reason, I'm sure, I believe there's certain charges uh, that aren't, but for, for the most part, they are. And so even the our justice system recognizes that past mistakes that, that people can be reformed and that they can learn from their past mistakes. Yeah. Um, I think we're just running in circles now because I'm going to say the same thing that I just said five seconds ago. Um, the, <laughs> the, the only issue that I have with him being allowed to stay in office is the fact that people are going to look at this issue and not say that... Okay, I'm not trying to say that Republicans are trying to justify his actions because they're not. What I'm trying to say is that people are going to look at this man and see he did something bad, but he's not getting punished for it. Therefore, I can do something bad, and I'm not going to get punished for it. And then these issues are going to keep coming up, and we're not doing anything to stop it. In fact, we're maybe even causing it to continue. And that's, that's where I'm scared for... Uh, for America when it comes to these issues, especially when it has to do with public figures like governors of states because, you know, they, they really represent the entire population of their area and are, um, they, 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 that they represent their people. And we don't want to be seen as people that are okay with these negative actions. Um, so should we, should we wrap this up? All right, well, thank you. Uh, so statement. I think that's that's an issue that the Justice Department has uh, resolved. Uh, I, I'm not sure the term for the policy, but essentially you can't be uh, prosecuted for a crime that wasn't illegal when you did it, right? And so at the time that Governor Nordham took this photo, he was a product of his times, right? And in those times, uh, donning blackface was uh, socially socially sanctioned. Uh, really? Among, I suppose, among his uh, med school friends and whatnot. And we have to understand that Americans were living in a very different time back then. And so I'm not sure that we can hold him accountable to. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. When was when was when was slavery abolished here? Let's get one thing straight. When was when 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 did we? What, at what point did 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 that become okay? Like in the seventies, I'm pretty sure blacks were equal to whites. Yes. Yeah. I'm talking about in the court of public opinion, right? And so publicly, he was a product of his time, and nowadays we can agree that what he did was wrong, right? And so, wait, was what he did wrong wrong at that point? If we're considering it from our current moral standpoint, if you asked one of his friends back then, because there's this 
now okay so let's let's apply this argument to I don't know Thomas Jefferson right Thomas Jefferson owned slaves yes right because he was a product of his time and at that time you know to be wealthy you had to own slaves okay right? so nowadays we agree slavery is wrong slavery has been abolished it was also wrong in the 1970s right okay but should we Should we discredit all of Thomas Jefferson's other accomplishments and service to this country because he was a product of his time? No, he, he didn't do anything illegal at the time. But in the 1970s, it was still wrong to, to paint your face black to mock black people and dress up in KKK outfits. I'm pretty sure that was wrong in the 1970s. And what do you mean by wrong? Because I, I think in the 1970s, like I believe, I personally believe it's morally wrong to don blackface. Yeah. Right. But was there a law in the 1970s that against which someone could be prosecuted for donning blackface? I doubt that the Constitution has the word blackface in it. No. In the 1970s. <laughs> Not in the Constitution. Oh, okay. In any uh, law passed by Congress up into the 1970s. I think that in the 1970s it was wrong to belittle other people based on their race and to mock people based on their race and that's what this man did at that time and with that he is sending a message to the public that if he's not going to be punished for his injustice then therefore they can commit that same injustice and that's something that I don't want to see in this country. Um, oh, I, so. think, I think we're going back to what we talked about earlier. And the argument isn't whether we're condoning what he did now. I'm not saying we're condoning what he did now. Uh -huh. I'm saying that if we don't do anything to make some sort of message to say what he did was wrong, and if we, if, we don't, if we don't do anything, if we just leave everything the same, then people are going to see that as it being okay to do what he did. Okay, so you're saying that this incident should be a precedent, right? For future cases, uh, not only for public officials, but for any American. So according to this logic, if any American, uh, so say in 50 years, it's because uh, in 50 years, the appropriation of tacos is considered illegal. <laughs> Right, so if you're not Hispanic, you cannot eat tacos because you're disrespecting the Hispanic culture and their cuisine and whatnot. So if somebody who I'm not saying that at all. I'm, I'm saying that this man did something that was a racist. So we shouldn't let that happen. Right, but does he still espouse those same ideas? And has I he shown no clue. a trend? I've never met the guy. Okay, this is this is getting this is getting redundant. Okay, this was fun. I think this is a very inspirational conversation. Thank you very much. It was a lot of fun. Uh, thank you, Alexis, for having us both on. Uh, yeah, we'll do this another time. Thank you so much, Alejandro and Aaron, and thank you listeners for tuning in. Make sure to check out our website. We update it every month with new articles and photographs over various topics that are not necessarily all politically related. This month we will be featuring multiple articles, such as a recounting of a pause animal shelter cat and dog training by Carla Garduño, 
The basis of February being Black History Month, International Friendship Month, National Cancer Prevention Month by Jennifer Duarte, Valentine's Traditions Around the World by Emily McBride, Self-Love Habits by Carla Garduño, and different cultural beauty interpretations by Alexandra Cavazos. Have you been catching sight of amazing IB promotional posters around the school lately? There is no one else to thank but Oscar Gaitan, the man on our design team with a knack for digital art. Check out our website for more information about members, articles, and our photo gallery. Thank you for hearing the buzz. Until next time, love yourself.